Rebag is a luxury resale marketplace. They have a curated collection of investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry. Each piece is carefully vetted and verified by experts. You can buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Hermes, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. That's Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. Betches Media presents... Chrissy Teigen referred to Donald Trump as a pussy-ass bitch. Look, he's a sick puppy. He, he, shouldn't, be, he shouldn't be there. Well, I lost... Half a day of skiing. I'm going to punch him out and I'm going to go to jail. I'm going to be happy. The Betcha Sub Podcast. A speaker has not been elected. Hello, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Sammy Sage. And this is the Betcha Sub Podcast, where C SPAN meets the group chat to help you process and laugh at the biggest topics in U.S. news and politics. And today we are joined by a fourth guest host, and I suspect a lot of our listeners will know her. It's Erin Ryan, the host of Hysteria on Crooked Media, and of course, the prolific newsletter writer of the Substack. Just enjoy it while you can. Happy Monday, Erin. Oh, happy Monday to you, too. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> We're, we're thrilled. thrilled. I was just uh, telling you off camera. I'm going to have to like remember as we're talking that I'm part of this conversation because I'm so <laughs> I listen to you and Alyssa and your co-hosts every week. Oh, that's so nice. Um, I listen to you guys too, so there might be some reciprocal like. Oh wait, we're talking yes, to each other. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I feel like oh man, can you imagine just like I don't even know how this would work with like brands, but like a hysteria betches sup live show. I feel like that's just a fantasy. I think too we powerful. could call it like Hysteria Betch Fest and make it like a weekend, like fest, like a Coachella for like fed up women with college degrees who are just like, let's just all hang out and like no men allowed. <laughs> I think that yeah. Would be Sammy, fun. your house? <laughs> yeah. Honestly, like we could do a little music festival. We can get some shirts, hysterical betches. <laughs> yeah. It'll be like Lilith Fair for extremely online feminists. Amazing. I think the fashion is just like loungewear, like slippers. Oh, have, yeah. It's all of our sponsors, of course. hundred exactly. percent. I have my rainbow Crocs on right now. So <laughs> everyone has a free better go. help session. When you're, <laughs> do you guys remember, do you, did you guys ever go to the wing? RIP the wing, but do you guys, did you right. guys ever go? I remember no. going there. And one of my favorite things about going was that everyone was dressing for other women. Like, like oh, I went there to the wing so whenever many- on the camps. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So many like linen jumpsuits, so much like adorable all over prints, like things that not that, a like, primary ama- color to be seen. Exactly. And and like so the sort of thing that like your boyfriend or husband, if you date men, would be like, Are you gonna wear that? Right. And the answer right. is yes, I am wearing that to hysterical mm-hmm. betch fest for sure. I'm wearing jumpsuits yes. the entire time. I had a beautiful photo of me taken at the wing and that's kind of anytime it pops up on my like on this day do you remember this photo I'm like of course I remember this photo and RIP the wing and it's lighting oh yeah beautiful lighting RIP and a lot of this cooperative overlapping (laughs) yes exactly yes yeah all right well to start us to start us today we will we must revisit that idea I do have a question for us it's a, a little would you rather would you rather be the person responsible for getting the Love is Blind reunion up last night or Rupert Murdoch's personal assistant as he navigates an imminent $1.6 billion trial? Sammy, who who would you rather inhabit today if you had to be in either of their shoes and why? Mm, definitely Rupert Murdoch's assistant. For the T. There is a – the T, the large potential that he has um, – 
done something lawsuit worthy that could earn you several million dollars probably. So that is what I um that is what I would choose for that reason. Mm-hmm. What about you guys? Should I go no next? One knows, no one go knows who should go next. <laughs> oh, wait, um, do you want me to throw it to some I'll throw it to someone. Okay. Sure. I'll I'll okay. Okay. Yeah. Erin, what about you? Ooh, I'm going to agree with you, Sammy. I think that I want to be Rupert Murdoch's personal assistant, even though the game itself, like the actual day to day itself would be just like really terrible and arduous because you have to like look at him and talk to him and be around him and further his goals. (laughs) Maybe it's only been like a month. Maybe you've only been there a month, let's say. Okay, sure. So I'm right about the end of my rope. Um, I think that would be, I think that'd be just super, super interesting. And then like, you know, I'd be amassing all these secrets and I'd be like, I'm going to write a pilot about this one day. Like, this isn't all that my life has in store. I'm going to write a pilot about a, I'm going to write the devil wears Prada, but about like the real devil wearing (laughs) ill-fitting suits. (laughs) (laughs) Writing his divorce emails. Indeed. He might, he would probably write you an email saying you cannot use this in any form form of media. Yeah, but you know and what? He's a billion years old. So like I you know what? Look, I'm not a betting woman, but I, I'm probably gonna outlive Rupert Murdoch. <laughs> Just guessing. Just guess. Fingers <laughs> crossed. I don't know what he's got I up don't his know. sleeve. If there's, if there's anybody who has an everlasting life elixir has that access, it's that motherfucker. Him and Dick Cheney need to battle. Yes. <laughs> Neither of <laughs> them are ever gonna die. <laughs> Elise, what would you rather? Okay, for for the sake of saying something different, I am going to go with being the love is blind uh, tech support person because that's like, that was difficult for them, but that was one night and you are kind of in the background. Like no one, sure, people are tweeting rude things about you or whatever, but like that your name is not out there. I personally... I have found that these Rupert Murdochs, these Donald Trumps, they have a way of getting the people around them also embroiled in their legal messes. And I don't want to have to be testifying in a congressional hearing. I don't want to have to be being brought before committees of any kind. Uh, So I would rather just be a person in the background in this situation than someone who could be potentially brought to the forefront and having to answer for my boss's crimes or the crimes that my boss made me commit on his behalf. You know, Elise, you persuaded me, actually. My greed got the better of me for a second. (laughs) And, you know, as a person who would be his assistant, obviously I'm on a significantly lower moral, you know, plane than, than I am in real life. So, you know, you have persuaded me, actually. That this was that's the right move. <laughs> if the love of producer fucked who fucked this up needs a job, they can probably be Rupert Murdoch's personal assistant. <laughs> yeah. But you know, I like to think that that person did that, did that in, as as vindication for all of the people that they laid off for no reason early in the year. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm going to choose that person, because I am going to choose that this was a righteous interference and it was a F you to your bosses. I'm sure it was just a I just imagine like what if like the real person's job was like on vacation and it was just I do feel genuinely feel bad for whoever's job that was. So I would probably be uh, the Rupert Murdoch's assistant just simply simply to take in the day, like not on a long term basis, like only today, because as we'll get to what's going on there. Oh, major, major excitement. It is extremely disappointing that this isn't going to be televised given that and also ironic given that it's Fox and who wants better ratings than them. I just feel really, you know, you can call into like an audio line or something apparently, but I'm excited for, very excited for this trial. (laughs) Yes, yes.
Hey, American Fever Dream listeners, I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you are searching for the perfect gift. Now you can use Gift Mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone on any occasion. Now it's easier to find gifts made by independent sellers for all of the people in your life, like the pickleballers, I know plenty of those, the jazz fan, the artist, the pasta lover, whatever niche interest they have, you can find an incredible gift on Etsy. From 90s nostalgia and mixology to reality TV and gaming, there is something for everyone. There is so much pressure around gifting. I usually have a hard time thinking of gift ideas specifically for my dad, but my dad loves flying, he loves airplanes, he loves aviation, and he never gets sick of a cute little gift that has a reference to that. And the inventory for that on Etsy is incredible. I hope my dad lives for 200 years because I can get him a birthday present related to aviation or planes from Etsy for every single one of them, if not hundreds and hundreds of years more. There really is that much. A gifting moment is always around the corner, but whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you, Gift Mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. We have a lot of topics today, so I want to get right into our main news section, the first segment, which is the this trial we've been talking about in the background. So this was a highly anticipated news Monday today when we're talking when Dominion Voting Systems defamation trial against Fox News was set to begin in Delaware Superior Court. But the trial was postponed a full day last night, suggesting Fox may be looking to settle. That is according to reports from the Wall Street Journal, which is also owned by the Murdoch family. Oh, I've been saying, have I been saying the wrong word? I get the South Carolina ones in the... And the Fox one's confused. If I've been saying the wrong one, you guys know what I mean. So the outlet, <laughs> the Wall Street Journal, stated last night that Fox has made a late push to settle the dispute out of court. So I think we'll refresh our memory about this particular dispute. But I I don't know. The days between like – do you guys have good memory of the days between like not November 3rd and 7th? Or do you have fuzzy memory? I feel like mine's like locked in there, 2020 specifically. Yeah, I was like, of, the, of what year? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I feel like now I remember that it's like, well, I, the big thing that I remember is that Fox called Arizona for Biden. I think that's why that's we're all here. Of, and then they, and that, and that is why we all still exist today. Um, but that's kind of like the biggest memory, I guess, that I have is that that kicked off like kind of everyone calling it and then Biden eventually winning, which he did win. But yeah, I just remember being annoyed. I was like annoyed the whole time because I think by the end of election night, it was pretty clear that there was no viable path forward for then President Donald Trump Mm -hmm. to win the election. But all of the networks were like, oh, we got to, oh, we got to make sure, we got to make sure, we got to make sure, we got to make sure. And so like maybe I was just like a little too confident, but I, and also like kind of in my liberal bubble in Los Angeles, but I was just like, there's no way Biden didn't win this. Like there's no, there's no way. And so the more days went past, the more I was just like very annoyed. Just like, just fucking call it guys. Just call it, please. Because it was the stretching that it kind of like allowed all of this to kind of like, I'm not sure like when these specific accusations about Dominion came up, like if they came up in that period or after it was called, but like Regardless, a lot of a lot of really intense and incorrect references. You had numerous Fox anchors saying in this period that boxes of votes were being removed from polling places, that trays of mail ballots were being intercepted, and key for our discussion today that votes were being remotely swapped from Republican to Democrat, and 
that was an intentional election subversion by Dominion Voting Systems, specifically to deny Donald Trump a second term as president. There were vast conspiracies here that the system was being undermined in Venezuela, where they claimed it was founded to help Hugo Chavez rig elections. And obviously, Dominion was like, what the fuck? You, yeah, naturally, you cannot do this. This is very bad for our brand. So they sued for a billion and a half dollars. I know. Pick a better story. Pick an alive Venezuelan guy to blame it on. Pick an alive guy. Why Venezuela? You didn't have to stay there. Because Venezuela is one of their buzzwords. It's like they have a like a spin wheel or whatever, and they were like, "Okay, what are we gonna say?" Like, "Okay, Venezuela, Hugo Chavez's ghost." Like, whatever. I mean, Mm -hmm. the real answer is because Sidney Powell said it. Mm-hmm. She can talk yeah. to ghosts, though. So, or her, her source can talk to ghosts. So they had a, they had a post-election séance in the Oval Office where they called upon the spirits of everybody that the terrified old Fox viewers are scared of, and Hugo Chavez was the one who came up. Honestly, mm-hmm. the real life accounts of that meeting are more batshit than what you just said, Erin. Are truly more batshit. <laughs> truly. Wait, is this the catch-up meeting? The catch-up on the wall I think meeting. So. Okay. Oh, I think so. Yes. Oh, beautiful. Amazing. But so Dominion is like, you can't say this about us. That's not true. That's not nice. So they're suing for $1.6 billion here. My sense here is that Dominion is, I mean, they're obviously, they want all of this money, but they're really motivated to correct the record publicly about what happened in 2020. They want an apology. They want the network and its anchors to apologize repeatedly and publicly and state that obviously that Dominion did not interfere with the election result, but also that their product isn't flawed. There was not uh, security concerns. There's nothing wrong with with their system. That being said, it's really hard to get the legal system to penalize the media for telling lies. But then that being said, this is like a historically bad case for of on-air news anchors knowingly misleading their audiences. Usually in defamation cases, there's just no way to prove that the news organization or its journalists acted with malice. So they knew that what they were reporting were incorrect or they just like were so irresponsible that they just they should have caught it. But, you know, Fox here is like there was reason to believe these things could have been true. However, we have a lot of evidence here. We have Sean Hannity saying the words, I did not believe Sidney Powell for one second and then inviting her (laughs) on the show. That guy's such a dumbass. He seems Ugh. like so – he's a great entertainer, but he's like elevator not going to the top floor. And that guy. Never has. No. It's, Never has. I love – my personal favorites are all the Tucker texts that are like, I hate Trump passionately. He's a demonic force. <laughs> <laughs> And then compare that to the interview he did with Trump last week where he was like, Mr. Trump, sir, I'm so sorry that everyone's being so mean to you, Mr. Trump, sir. Please take the floor. Like, it's just pathetic. Oh, man. Yeah, that was the interview equivalent of that. Remember that picture of Mitt Romney having dinner with Trump and they're like lit from underneath and Mitt looks like he's making like literally signing a deal with like the devil or like whatever. And he just looks so totally shamed and minimized. And that's, that's what that interview was, but like it Mm -hmm. went on for a very long time. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. 100%. That's why you can't be a personal assistant to a man like this. I think they, they, that's what they do with you. They take you into a dimly lit room with classified documents and then (laughs) make you sign your soul over (laughs) while they're eating a well-done steak. Oh, mm-hmm. with ketchup, with ketchup, with ketchup, of course. The other thing that kind of tickles me about this is that like Fox called Arizona for Trump. And then a lot of what they, a lot of this that they did afterwards was all like because of that, because they felt like they had to make up ground with like Trump and their supporters. And then they got themselves into this big mess for 
and for saying too early that this man had lost. So as a result of, I guess, them thinking they said it too early, they had to basically deny that he had lost. So, you know, like I said, this was supposed to start today. It's going to start tomorrow. There's potentially going to be a settlement. What factors do you think are being weighed by Fox executives right now, Sammy? Personal embarrassment, number one. Like they are going to have – they're probably realizing they're going to have to pay a large amount because I think about a week ago they also were found that they had hidden evidence that there were recordings that they didn't turn over in discovery that were really incriminating. So the basically was just didn't, showing – Didn't you know, another woman come forward and say like, I think the lawyers deleted messages off my phone. <laughs> like there's some it weird stuff been, happening. I hadn't heard that Abby one, Grossberg. but that might have been – it's the same woman, yeah, okay. who came forward and said that there were that there were there, they were hiding evidence. So I have a feeling that rather than turn this into a media circus where they're going to probably have to reveal a lot of other potentially damaging things under oath, they're probably like we're going to pay anyway. This is not that much money compared to um, what we have, <laughs> and they're probably just like this is a cost of doing business for them. The other thing is that right now they're in the middle of renegotiating. Um, their contract with cable companies. So they're in a bit of a trouble in in a bit of trouble from the consumer side because Fox is actually one of the most expensive channels for cable companies to carry. And that always worked because they had really high demand. People were really obsessed with Fox. But now the viewers are a little bit more, mm, they're in a lot of trouble technically, as you can see. And I think that they they're they have this like bi- other business issue that is threatening them. So they'd probably just rather settle for like a little bit less money maybe and get it over with and save themselves, which is the smart thing to do. But and not only are they renegotiating amazing. those contracts, but also they've lost advertising revenue. So they're not even like, you guys have to pay us just as much. They're asking for like considerably more. And I think Sammy pointed this yeah. out to me and it's like, if you pay for like Dish or whatever, like we're all paying for Fox News, whether you watch it or not, because these cable providers pay to have it. And I did not know until you pointed out that like Fox charges them an excessive amount, only less than ESPN. But yeah, that's definitely a, a factor they're weighing today. Mm. Rupert Murdoch did a lot of fucked up things, not just like in the information he shared, but in the way he conducted his businesses. And honestly, like this could really be existential for them. So I think they are probably – I could see them settling. Erin, do you think they want to like contain it to where it is now? Well, um, I'm just going to go ahead and laugh in Gawker Media at all of this. I used to work <laughs> at Gawker Media, which I guess if people who know their like recent media yeah. history know that that, com- that company was sued out of existence uh, yeah. in a uh, – I think it in a defamation or libel – I don't remember if it was libel or defamation trial involving Hulk Hogan in the state of Florida – and a jury that awarded Hogan like $130 million. It was like, it was like insane. People who have literally killed people and been sued over it have not been ordered to pay $130 million. And it was, I think that maybe Fox is a little bit worried about the way that this is sort of like, you know, things could go for them. Things could really, 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 really not go for them. And the potential downside is not worth any potential upside they could have by dragging this out. I mean, I guess from Fox's perspective, a company that big would normally just be like, we're just going to drag this out in court for years and years and years. And it's going to cost you everything you have, smaller company, as you fight every single thing that we file, as you have to pay your lawyers until you don't have any money. Now, when Gawker did this, and I'm not saying it's a one-to-one thing, but I do remember kind of being 
close to it when this was happening. Um, when Gawker was was being sued, um, we we found out later that Peter Thiel was funding um, Hulk Hogan's lawsuit. I would, if I were Fox News, I would wonder if perhaps Dominion, even if they don't necessarily have the money themselves to keep this going for years and years and years, if somebody else who would like to see Fox drained, embarrassed, could possibly be shadow bankrolling this. Now, again, I'm, I don't want to be like, I'm tinfoil hat just asking questions. I'm just saying if I were a Fox attorney, that would be a possibility that I would consider as I was thinking about whether or not this makes sense for it to, to go to trial. In addition to all the things Sammy brought up with it, it's like, mm-hmm. it's embarrassing. Like it's embarrassing for for the hosts, it's imp- like how could Tucker Carlson showing his face to Trump in that grovelly interview? Like, are we all supposed to just pretend that our viewers just supposed to pretend that they don't know what these people really think mm-hmm. of them? And isn't the entire ethos of the Fox viewer like an aggrieved entitlement? Like everyone else is laughing at you. Everyone else doesn't take you seriously, but we take you seriously. Actually, no, we don't take you seriously. We're laughing at you too. We're just making money off of you. Um, so that's, I think that's probably what's going on in their heads right now. It's a, it's an interesting moment in media for sure. Also much like in succession, it is pretty clear that Rupert Murdoch has a ideological purpose with having Fox News. Like, yes, the money is very important, but like right now their their advertiser is my pillow. So it's, and you know, like erection pills. So it's just, okay. So he probably wants to maintain that ideological uh, channel more than he wants to I don't know, defend the fact that he didn't defame Dominion. So I saw an ad on Fox. I had Fox on in a, in a hotel room like a couple months ago and there was an ad on there. I'm not even kidding you guys. It was like aimed at grandparents whose adult children won't talk to them anymore. (laughs) It was like, it was like something about like alienation or parental estrangement and how like you can, like it was, I was like, what am I? I felt yeah. like I was having a stroke, but I feel like that that's kind of their main mm-hmm. audience is like Absolutely. old people whose adult children won't talk to them anymore. Well, Trump has been kind of on that like same track recently in a lot of Does anyone hate their like, children? And who likes your kids, right? You should be able to disinherit them. So I feel like they're, that is like kind of a weird track that like, I guess old yeah, Republicans are on where they're like, the kids who are getting my money don't want to talk to me. One of the things that I do think is interesting in this suit, though, is like, okay, yes, there. I think Fox wants to keep it from going to trial because of the embarrassment factor. Like Hannity, Tucker Carlson, Rupert Murdoch himself, they all could potentially have to testify in this, which is very embarrassing for them. But one of the other things I've been reading is that Dominion is like very, very, very uh, adamant about getting this on-air apology. And they want the on-air apology to be on the level. They want their on-air apology to be on the same level as the defamation that took place. So like across multiple networks, you have to say it more than once. You have to like fully say we did not we were not right about this we basically made this up I mean I don't know what the exact like terms of the apology are but that seems to be a very important element for Dominion in this and that I think is a really sticky place for Fox to be because Fox can you know 
I'm they can just not tell their viewers about a lot of this stuff. And because their viewers don't listen to or read any other media outside of Fox News, they might not know about all of these Tucker Carlson texts or about what Sean Hannity says on the stand. But like if they actually have to go on air and be like, we fucked up, that is probably one of the only ways a solo Fox viewer, my kids don't talk to me, I have tinnitus person, is actually going to hear about this type of thing. As long as they have subtitles on. That yeah. is more worth it than the $1.6 billion. I mean, obviously, I know. we're not well, the that's ones getting the thing, that, so like, we don't yeah. care about that. <laughs> I think Dominion can sort of decide. Like, it, I think it's so interesting, and it's obviously you can very imagine obviously imagine a very fun succession scene where it's like you're literally assigning costs to wording of apologies. Like I feel like as the like apology factor goes up, Dominion will bring down the money owed. And it's just like, are they literally like, are they gonna, how much are they willing to say to, to pay less? But yeah, that's a good point. Cause you're right. It would be totally buried. Like I, I feel like they could just like spend the money and then therefore they, their, their readers might not get exposed again to these embarrassing texts and to more information. But I can see how they could also potentially spin their apologies. Like, and you remember last night when we had to apologize? Well, that was the like left wing judicial system or something. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, the left wing judicial system. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's a real problem in this country. (laughs) Yeah. They should have to, uh, they should have to run it as they run the like, my kids hate me ads. Like, it's like their fucked up story worth product. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Or just maybe hats. Like a MAGA hat that says, yeah. I'm a big fat liar. And then he has to wear, like Tucker has to wear that for the entirety of his show. Listen, just if you want to apologize like- via props, I'm sure somebody could, some creative lawyer could arrange that. <laughs> they would turn it into like a QAnon thing somehow. Yes. Like that yeah. would be, yeah. You know yeah. what I would yeah. love to see? I would love for Tucker to have to do his show, but the texts run under as a Chiron. Like he mm-hmm. does his normal show, but his actual like Trump is a demon. I hate him. Has to run beneath him the entire time. I think you just mm-hmm. pitched a an art thesis for like a college student oh, yeah. who's like majoring in visual art because <laughs> that would be a really Listeners. cool. Art project. Yeah. That would be an amazing yeah. museum. Yeah, like you could start an exhibit at least. What yeah, do you guys think that like jury selection was like in this? Because on the one hand, if you're if you're Rupert Murdoch, I can also see myself being like, they just got we just got to get one diehard Fox viewer on that jury to like make it like a mistrial or something. But mm-hmm. I guess they're not willing to risk I, it. I feel like that's yeah. the first question they would ask, and it would be yeah, so. Yeah. I think it is possible to find someone in this jurisdiction that is neither that is really like for sure. Narrow. They're definitely going to frame 30% it. Thirty percent like, of the country doesn't vote, so. Mm-hmm. That You're we so right. I'm like, someone. what if they find somebody who watches too much news? It's like, honey, mm-hmm. no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it would be pretty hard to to sneak somebody in because I think that's the yeah. main thing Dominion voters are looking for. And so they would probably ask questions that contain like words that they would assume would be sort of like trigger words mm-hmm. for Interesting. a yeah. Fox viewer. Um, I bet they've been like brainstorming this again, a succession scene. Like what yes. words can we add? What words can we use to, to suss out who's actually a Fox viewer? Mm-hmm. How do you think, like, do you think the, what do you think will be the political impact of this outcome, whether there's like an explosive kind of trial or there's some sort of apology settlement where Fox like takes some sort of responsibility? Do you think there are meaningful parts of their audience that will react negatively to that and feel betrayed? Do you think there are people that already feel betrayed? Like I have a hard time sort of gauging the size of the audience of Fox viewers who wouldn't just view this as like part of the machine that Fox claims is working against them. 
I think there is that it, it it has been the MAGA crew is shrinking, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, we always end up in a two person two party race, and the elections end up or the general election always ends up. You know, it all ends up so close. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it sort of like doesn't. I think there will be an impact, but I don't know if it's going to be as like immediate. I think it might be slow rolling, sort of like what what's gone on with Twitter. Yeah, I think. Okay, so here's the thing: nobody wants to be called a sucker, and nobody wants to admit they're a sucker, and nobody wants to admit they're a loser. And that's like across the board: nobody wants to be a sucker, and nobody wants to be a loser, even though most of us are, to an extent, some form <laughs> yeah. of loser or sucker. But if you're a Fox News viewer, like that's your entire brand is like, I'm not a loser, and I'm not a sucker. I could see them becoming a little demoralized. The Fox audience maybe getting demoralized and kind of quietly switching to another outlet like OANN mm-hmm. um, yeah. or, you know, that that one with the the guy who is always sending out the tweets that are actually funny. I don't remember who that guy is. Greg something. Greg. Yeah, Greg. Yeah. That's, is he you know Newsmax? what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he might yeah. be Newsmax, but I could see them sort of He's the one who had insulted a dog. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's hilarious. I got to say, <laughs> yeah. they say conservatives aren't funny. He He's legitimately funny. Um, yeah. There's, I, I think that it's just they'll kind of quietly slink off. A certain percentage yeah. of them that are like, well, I'm humiliated, won't say it, won't admit it, quietly will sl- slink off to something else, the Daily Wire, Ben Shapiro show, whatever, whatever, whatever. There's a million people that will have them on the conservative griftosphere. And uh, that's probably what would happen. Maybe Fox News' influence shrinks among that population specifically, at best. I, mm-hmm. I think that's so interesting because I – I agree that, like, whatever repercussions it will be for, like, Fox's viewership. And I just think it's so funny because the thing that got them so incensed and made them send all these texts and do all this stuff was that when they called Arizona for Biden, they saw a bunch of viewers switch over to OA and and Breitbart and all these other outlets that would tell them what they want to hear. So if the ultimate outcome is that a bunch of their viewers switch over to these other outlets that tell them what they want to hear. It's like they did all, it was all for naught for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, hopefully we'll have bigger news on this tomorrow, whether it's, whether it's a settlement or a trial, but there'll definitely be more, more to cover. I'm just happy. Like, it's nice to see some sort of, I guess it's approaching accountability. It's like, it's nice to see them stressed out over this. (laughs) To the extent that they're deleting text messages off people's phones. Yeah. Well, speaking of the uh, the upcoming presidential election, I want to revisit a topic we've discussed, you know, a few times, um, you know, fortunately, since the unfortunate end of Roe versus Wade, which is the electoral success of abortion rights. I've been seeing the narrative recently around Republicans starting to finally sweat their party stance on abortion rights after so many L's. I mean, we've talked about this before, but the Wisconsin Supreme Court race, Aaron, and your and your uh, and your where you were brought up was obviously super successful. Uh, you must have been thrilled. Oh yeah, yeah. I was I was actually there. Huge margin, a, like a week and a half oh, yeah. before. Yeah, you yeah. got to talk to the yeah. justice. Yeah, I got to interview Justice Protosewitz, and um, I kind of had a sense when I was there in Madison. You feel it? A week and a half. I was like, oh, this isn't just going to be a vic. Like the energy was intense. It was like, oh, Wisconsin's like ready to flip. She won by 11 points, 11 points in a 50-50 
Democratic Republican state. Yeah, I mean, some of us been watching national elections there and local elections for a while. What felt different about the energy? What did you feel like was was motivating people? So Wisconsin, without getting too into the weeds, Wisconsin has always been kind of a laboratory of like Republican and conservative politics, but it's also weirdly been a laboratory of some like liberal and very progressive policies. But since like 2010, I I think Scott Walker was elected in 2010, Governor Walker, he instituted a bunch of like union busting. It was like shock and awe for people of Wisconsin, where suddenly he was just Mm -hmm. doing like, bam, 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 these incredibly way far right conservative policies being enacted across the state. And I think that just people were so stunned, like, can they really get away with it? And they would over and over again, the redistricting. It's so gerrymandered that even though the state is like 50, 50 Republicans and Democrats, Republicans hold like 60% of of like elected legislative seats. And they have a super majority in the state Senate. It's insane. And I feel like this election, this, the Supreme Court like outcome proves that because when you just have a straight statewide election for a single office and she wins by 11 points, 11 points. Wrong. And Tammy Baldwin is one of the senators from Wisconsin. Yeah, She's yeah. one of the most progressive members of the entire Senate. So it, it's just like, I got there and I was like, oh, now these people feel energized. Like since Tony Evers became governor, who is a Democrat and started actually like standing up and blocking some of these nutty Republican initiatives. I think that the left and progressives in Wisconsin are like energized. And I think after Dobbs fell, there was a lot of people like people like that I grew up with who suddenly were like, uh, no, like they were not political people before, but they just saw it as a bridge too far. And there was kind of this looming pre-Civil War abortion ban that would have probably become enacted if the Supreme Court hadn't flipped with this judicial election. And so I think that was what that's literally what motivated people. Like, you know, there was a lot of news reports the day of the election. People were standing in line. There were people saying, you know, why, why are you here? It was it was abortion, 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 abortion. And you know, that's yeah. that's what ended up happening. We flipped the Supreme Court. Yeah. As you were talking, I was just thinking about the whole the thing you said before, which is that like people don't want to be treated as suckers and they they can sense when they are. Mm-hmm. And that applies for for people on, on both sides. And it's that motivation that like Republicans are definitely scared of and they're being really awkward about it. Uh, they're not addressing it straight on. They refuse to really, there's not really um, you know, a really heartfelt embrace of of extreme abortion policies among Republicans, even though they went to all of this trouble. Arkansas governor and Republican presidential candidate that nobody cares about, Asa Hutchinson, implied that he would not <laughs> interfere with abortion pill access to president, which is fine, I guess. Uh, he said we should always defer to science, is of course in the background of the Biffa Pristone decision. I mean, I was talking to Elise on Friday and it was just really like, I'm sure we all were like, what the fuck at the headline where it was like, Alito says abortion pill should stay on the market in the meantime. After, you know, nearly a year after him writing the opinion where abortion became states could outlaw it. Yeah. They're going to bait and switch us. They lie. Well, they yeah, sell the team. Dizzy, dizzy, They're lying. Yeah. They're lying. Yeah. This is they'll yeah. they'll say whatever. Like, you know, what it what it um, I won't get hooked on them. Exactly. And Susan Collins is always like, Oh yes, I take them yes, completely, very seriously. This is exactly <laughs> no, we can't like they lie. They lie about this stuff and they're gonna continue to lie about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that like the hesitancy we're seeing. I think they're still committed to taking this That's, right away yeah. from women at every single turn. That's I important to state. Think, yeah. I just think that what we're seeing is they're kind of recalibrating how overt they can be about it and how hard they can go and what their actual strategies are going to have to be because 
what they're finding is that when they put it on the ballot, which is supposedly what the Supreme Court said it wanted, that it should go back to the states. But now they're finding, okay, actually, when we do that, we keep losing. And it's also making us lose other elections that are tied to it. So I think what they're recalibrating is how they can be sneaky about it, not whether or not they actually want to continue to try to make abortion less and less accessible. They definitely still want to do that. They just are like, oh, we really shouldn't be like saying that out loud. (laughs) I feel like they're finally learning exactly, or maybe they're not learning, but it is evident how out of touch they are because the reason that abortion was ever not allowed was pr- prior to us having like a multicultural democracy where women had like credit cards and black people had like any rights. It's just we're a very different place from before uh, when abortion was pr- previously illegal. So now you've had like a decade of people having what is the norm, which is bodily autonomy. And you have uh, you have people who are saying like, no, we're not going to do that. And they actually thought that everyone would just be fine with it because they are so used to the idea of minority rule. And they, Mm. they're sort of clouded by the fact that we're such a voter suppressed and gerrymandered and are honestly like a ruled by the minority country. So they're like, okay, yeah, of course, like we're going to do it. We're going to take it away. They're going to be fine. No one's going to try. Uh, no one's going to try to turn out because of this because we've been getting away with it for so long. And they don't realize that there is so much more room for turnout from people who didn't weren't paying attention when they're like, "Wait, you're actually going to um, interfere in my miscarriage treatment?" Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is about normal a- access to things that are necessary for people who want children, don't want children, are are pregnant, are accidentally pregnant, but have a miscarriage, whatever it is, these are, these affect so much more than, than just what they have envisioned. And it just shows how little they have ever thought about pregnancy or Uh the process of getting pregnant. And because people don't really talk about miscarriages or at least like they didn't until like pretty recently, I feel like it's Mm. kind of, they become very public or very prominent in conversation. They really didn't even get that. This isn't just about like the babies don't just like come. And you like you pop them out and you feed them with your breasts and it's over. <laughs> yeah, and breastfeeding is free. These are the people free. that think bre- breastfeeding right. is free. Not free that it, like right. it hurts right. and costs you a ton of time. Yeah. I think this is what happens when people that think the clitoris is a myth try to legislate <laughs> female bodies. Like it's it's so um, it, it's like it's like I think a lot of people, a lot of voters who are otherwise consider themselves apolitical or centrist or you know. They see it as sort of like Josh Hawley standing there with a clipboard staring up your snatch as you're getting like a pap smear. It's mm-hmm. so creepy. It is so creepy. These like old people, old people who don't have the first bit of information, medically accurate anything about anything that a gynecological professional could provide. Like they have no idea what any of this stuff is. And it's like, it's, it's creepy. Like there's nothing creepier than a pro-life old guy. It's, ugh. 
Absolutely. And they are dying. They are dying to look at people's genitals, not just regarding <laughs> pregnancy. They're desperate. In uh, Kansas, they just passed some sort of law that will you, the, uh, high school students want have to submit to genital inspections to prove that they aren't trans. Like they are desperate to get in your pants. It is so fucking creepy. It's They're obsessed with our periods and yeah. our and spaghetti obsessed. straps on teens. It's it's gnarly. It's gross. And like you said, yeah, I mean. It's gross that like even like I don't want to be like why are reporters, you know, my outline says like Tim Scott is dodging questions about when people should be able to get abortions. It's like why is why does it even matter, you know, what 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 he thinks and you're right Sammy. It's like they've never had to this has been their main objective and motivating thing for so long is getting judges that will let this happen. And now that it's happened, they are so poorly equipped and it's sort of setting them up pretty poorly for these elections, but on the other side of it, Honestly, I, I think a part of why we were here is because, you know, the party that does believe in reproductive rights did not see abortion as a politically beneficial or expedient thing to talk about. And here we fucking are where Republicans are like literally scared and be, won't answer questions about it. So it's like, how can Democrats kind of like, I don't know, Aaron, do you think they're going to rise to the occasion and message about this in the way that they're supposed to? I think they even really if should. The- I mean, yeah, I think you're you're totally right. I think that the national party might be a little bit slower to do it, but I think that there are enough really prominent voices um, that are just never going to n- pipe down about it. They've seen that this is yeah. they smell they smell blood. You know, like I know that the Democrats have a a reputation of being a little bit like passive and not fighting, but we've got some fighters on the bench, and I think that they really can smell what what this is. Um, I also wanted to point out that, you know, some of the proposals that are, you kind of are, are talking about like the 15 week ban and like, mm-hmm. um, oh, exceptions for a pregnancy that is quote unquote, like a threat to the life or the health of a mother. Okay. I really want to like reframe this. Every pregnancy is literally a yeah. threat to your health. Why do you have to go to the hospital to give birth? <laughs> Is it because it's like just a real quick thing? It's like getting a notary stamp. No, it is a threat to your health. Like you can, people die. People literally die from pregnancy. They're martyrs, Erin. They're martyrs. We should do a a woman on the street where we go and ask men about like pregnancy symptoms, like your blood volume doubles and like all this like weird shit that happens to you. And we should see how many of them know about all those non-obvious things. Nosebleeds. People don't hear about. You get nosebleeds. Well, not everybody, but you can. That's applicable. I will not spoil it, but there is something on some episode, last night's episode of Succession where like you only, there's definitely a part where like only certain women picked up on what was happening and it sort of relates to to this. But um but also I saw like a very yeah, to your point every pregnancy is dangerous and like when they ask them these questions they do, you know, kind of give them an option to be like no not me, I'm just I'm just fine with a 20 week ban. I'm just fine with a 15 week ban. But like you said, those every pregnancy is dangerous and like Jessica Valenti who is like a hero in her coverage of everything that's going on. She made a video over the weekend highlighting that the people, the, the people that get abortions after 20 weeks the most are literal children, are other children, like younger than 18, who didn't tell anyone before fucking six weeks, like who didn't feel safe to tell anybody. And yeah, these questions are forcing these people to like these politicians to it, – it, that is not a popular policy to force those children to give birth. It's simply not. And there's no way around that. So they're going to have to keep on confronting this. Mm-hmm. Also, pregnancy start at four weeks. 
So let's just like, yeah. we need to reset that whole thing. We count. need new words. But, <laughs> we yeah, need new yeah, words yeah. because like there's yeah. no such thing as one week pregnant yeah. because that's yeah. like you haven't it's ovulated really- yet. That just means your period started and you're just now yeah. putting the tampons away until next month. Right. You haven't even had sex. Yeah. You haven't even had sex. <laughs> that's the thing. It's like, I don't even know this stuff. Of course, like, you know. Richard Robert, state senator in Illinois, GOP, does not. Like, there's no way. It's really telling how many of these people, these old guys, these creepy old pro-life guys are parents, are fathers. They have children. And yet, I just like, look, this is a rude statement. Just saying. (laughs) I can't wait. (laughs) Not to be a bitch. But the amount that their wives must secretly hate them. And just like a seething, (laughs) years-long, low-hum, like... This fucking guy has no idea. I, he doesn't know how many stitches I had after I gave birth to his kids. He never tried to clean it. He never changed a diaper. He doesn't know, like, blah, blah. It's just, yeah. Anyway. I just imagine being one of their wives, like, and she happens to turn on the news and she sees her husband being like, breastfeeding's free and it's easy. And she's just like, my Kids have never recovered. (laughs) Yeah, there was like a super anti-abortion Florida lawmaker, and I looked him up. 11 children. 11 children. And he was also like, no more sex ed. Of course, sir, you don't want sex ed. You've never heard of a condom. You've never heard of it. (laughs) I just want to go back to one thing you said where you kind of started with this is like, are the Republicans shocked? What are they doing now that they realize like people are mad and like how will the Democrats potentially take advantage of this? I think that if 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 the Democrats as a party were learning from past mistakes, they would not just be like, oh, we should now lean in harder to abortion. They would be like, we should lean harder into issues like abortion that touch people's lives like assault rifles and start going really hard on things that will cultivate that third of the country that isn't doing anything because they're just opposed to the system. They don't think you're going to do anything anyway. Mm-hmm. Give people something to vote for. Rather yeah. than just like, oh, it's they're going to take away your rights if you don't vote for us. We're the yeah. only other option. I think we also yeah. need to resist like the ghettoization. And by ghettoization, I mean like separate is like separating it out and making yes. it a separate a issue. women's issue. Yeah. yeah, of abortion. So I, I read a quote from a uh, a Republican strategist. Uh, I think it was in that New York Times piece about how Republicans are scared now. And the strategist said Mm -hmm. something like, people are going to be more worried about the economy. Guys, what is the most expensive decision that you can make as a reproductive aged woman besides literally buying a house? Like Mm -hmm. it is having a baby. And actually raising a kid from birth to 18 can cost like $350,000, I think now at at latest count. Plus, if you don't have good medical care, uh, childbirth, not cheap. I think mine was supposed to be, if I would have had insurance, it would have been $27,000 and I had a regular non-complicated vaginal birth, like $27,000 for that. So like, don't try to tell us that abortion is not an economic issue because it absolutely is an economic issue. Yeah. You're definitely going to blame Joe Biden for the price of eggs when you're like, I have a hospital bill for the thing I could not control coming out of me. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. As you were speaking, I just had such a clear image of the Florence Pugh monologue in the Greta Gerwig Little Women where she's like, so don't tell me that marriage is not an economic position. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for comparing me to Florence Pugh. (laughs) She's such a luminary. I I think about that speech. Well, there's the the one speech that Saoirse makes where she just goes like, 
women and that's the meme um but then there's also (laughs) that florence Pugh speech to timothy chalamet is so good where she's like don't come for me for saying that like i want to marry rich the that's the only way i can secure my money or my future so that's what i was just thinking of women women <laughs> yeah. And I think like you said, like I, I recently saw that like Mallory McMurrow, the Michigan State Senator, announced she's not gonna run for senator for US Senate. And like women should do whatever they want to do. But you're so right that local lawmakers are like leading in the way. Just like on our social media, the most and like the most engaged and excited we see people are around like the the Michaela, I think her last name's Michaela. I can't remember her last name, in Nebraska and the Mallory McMurrows and like the local lawmakers that are like, they don't give a fuck. They're going to do any- whatever it takes to, to kind of hold, hold the line. Hey there, overwhelmed foodies. Are you drowning in a sea of meal kit options, feeling like you're in a bad dating game where every contestant looks the same with the same fish picture? Fear not, because amidst the chaos, there's one shining star worth your culinary affection. Home Chef is not just another fish in the meal kit sea. They're the gourmet catch that you've been dreaming of. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes, conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. Whether you prefer classic meal kits with pre-portioned ingredients and easy instructions, speedy recipes ready in less than 30 minutes, oven-ready kits with pre-chopped ingredients, or quick microwave meals that assemble in minutes, Home Chef has you and the entire family covered for delicious meals without the hassle. Home Chef has over 30 options a week, and they serve a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it is economical, too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. So for a limited time, Home Chef is offering our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash feverdream. That's homechef.com slash feverdream for 18 free meals and free dessert for life homechef.com slash feverdream. You must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. We're going to stay on the topic of women for our next few minutes. I want to do a cute little career corner. Ladies <laughs> there issues. There have been a uh, girl boss. So there have been a few headlines in recent weeks that have stood out to us with regard to women and work. They're all, you know, they're not necessarily correlated, but I think they all speak to kind of a similar issue, which is how and the degree to which extremely privileged people approach and find success at work and how less privileged people do is just when it comes to gender. So this conversation was sparked by a chart that went pretty viral. You probably saw it on Instagram highlighting how S&P 500 companies led by women tend to outperform the overwhelming majority of their peers. And the overwhelming majority of those peers are are run by men. I think it's like 40% or only 40 of the 500 are women. And this matches with some earlier data. In 2021, data showed that that 87% of Fortune 500 companies with female CEOs reported above average profits. And that's compared to 78% of companies with a male CEO. So that's a pretty pretty significant gap. There's lots more statistical evidence. I'm sure we've all seen the random like Harvard Business Review headline that's like, women are better leaders and help make more money. But I kind of sometimes I see those and uh, I don't know, I just sort of go past them because I'm like, okay, and and what? Like you're not, we're still unequal. We still don't have as many, as many rights. But Sammy, when you see these statistics, what do you, what do you actually see behind them? Like, I feel like the statistics is kind of like the calm duck, but as a business owner, you probably see like the, you know, the legs maniacally under the water. Like what are these telling you and signaling to you about, you know, how these women are accomplishing this? I literally, I see my brain exploding. That's what, that's what I see. Um, that's the first thing. Honestly, the, the, what goes behind these numbers for Fortune 500 companies, because those are obviously massive companies. Betches, of People, course. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> they come, it's like the, the way it's like decided, you're come up through, you come up through a pipeline. 
you know, you, you're a manager or you're like externally hired, but whatever, you're obviously so legit at that point that you would be externally hired. The reason I think honestly, it starts early. There's a ton of data that women, that girls do better in school. They are entering colleges and performing better in colleges, law schools, all of this. And honestly, I think that by the time you are a woman who has made your way up through that, you have your shit so locked down and because you have just had to spend, it's like twice as hard, you know, the, yeah. you know, they say about like black women say like, we have to work twice as hard to get half as much. It is that just in a, so imagine you know, when you get the full amount to like the top. Yeah. yeah. Right. So your, your skills are probably so honed in terms of like efficiency, in terms of understanding how to make a business case for something. And also in terms of how to relationally operate. And I think Typically, I mean, I would assume that by the time someone's in that position, they're pro- they probably worked for maybe like two or three decades. Maybe they've had a child during that. So they've now managed being a parent and the the prioritization that comes with th- doing this sort of dual track, regardless of how much help you have, you know, you still need to really learn how to prioritize, how to, how to manage risk, how to manage money. Um, and then just in terms of like, why I think that men maybe, uh, you know, aren't as buttoned up when they get to that stage. And it's because they're sort of, it's sort of assumed they were going to get there. The, the path is a glide path rather than a rocky road, you might say. Like they're very, you know, and I think what happens and what, the good old boys club, like it still exists. It's still very much a real thing. And I think what happens is that, you know, men will say, oh, we, I want to promote women. I want to you know, I want to help women, mentor them, like come up. It's like, okay, but their innate judgment about the worth of, of any particular woman, what they want to pay her is already colored by their entire belief, like by the fact that she is in a female body. And you can't separate that and you can't separate the expectations that come with that and the sort of innate bias of like what I should be paying a woman at all. And I think that honestly, like, if you're someone who has been able to go up against that and be the first woman anything, you have really, really, really risen to that. That was occasion. the hardest part. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, yeah, of course, once you're there, you're going to perform, I think, um, unless they put you in charge of immigration. A glass like, situation. Yeah. <laughs> and you're, like, managing something that has nothing to do with you. Yeah. But I don't think that happens to most women CEOs in there. So I feel like it's a, it's like, okay, so the Boston Marathon is being run today. And so I've been thinking about the Boston Marathon. It's run on the, the Monday after tax day or of tax day, I think every year. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you're a, like an extreme runner, you, a lot of times you train in high altitude and it trains your blood to just be better at like delivering yeah. oxygen to your muscles. And I feel like that's kind of similar to me to what women go through as their leaders. It's like they're trying to run the same speed at a high altitude. And then when they get put on a regular altitude, they've got like super blood and they can do it easier. Yes. yes. And if you like, think about Adam Newman. I love those Aaron Ryan metaphors. Given... I love them. <laughs> it's really true though. Like think about Adam Newman, who was just given like hundreds of millions I don't want of dollars. By, I I'm sorry. And Dreesen Horowitz. Who, Fair. The, the, one of the top venture firms. Like this man has a scripted channel, a scripted show about how he is a scammer and a failure. 
and you're going to give this man $400 million <laughs> to basically run the same scam that he just ran and lost all those people's money. Why? Imagine if you could just give like a little bit of that money to a bunch of women, how much actual economic growth and value they could create instead of these bullshit valuations. Like when it, the way it works, like even at the, the, the financial level is that they, these a lot of times, like Uber, a lot of co companies that we look at as like the huge companies with these wealthy, wealthy executives, they're not even profitable. They're not even profitable. You have a Norfolk Southern who their CEO gets paid like $11 million a year. Like imagine if a woman <laughs> had, had done that. Like they take, they claw back her money. Especially because breastfeeding is yeah, free. They would, mm -hmm. <laughs> they would never put a woman and allow her to like not suffer no, yeah. from her fuck ups. Like you get one chance, maybe if you fuck it up, you're not getting, you're not getting millions of dollars from Andrews and Horowitz. Like Adam Newman is because mm -hmm. those are his friends who are like, Oh buddy, you fucked up. Like oh, Elizabeth, Holmes is, Elizabeth Holmes exactly. is in jail. Elizabeth Holmes is in jail. And like, exactly. not that, not that she shouldn't she be in there. jail, yeah. but I think more men should, yeah. I'm anti-prison except for yes. when it comes to rich people, we should put more rich people in prison, especially yeah, yeah, if they yeah. fuck up. Also, women tend to saw I also think that the economy would be so much more um growth oriented rather than bullshit fake valuation, fake, fake huge company oriented because women, when they start companies, they're usually solving a problem. If mm -hmm. you look at like so many female founded companies, they are there's a very clear problem they're solving. And it comes from like the intuition and the need that the needs that you have because the whole economy has been catering to make things for men. So there's so much growth potential. For mm -hmm. female-driven and uh, female-needed companies, I don't know what it's called. I'm not <laughs> whatever. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, it's right. Like, what if so you could do all of your blood tests with just <laughs> one? <laughs> oh yes, we are running out of time here. But, but at least closing thoughts are women better. Um, closing thoughts. Yes, my closing thought is just it really with all this information. It just really makes me laugh because. I remember like the big narrative that a lot of these like conservative dudes have been trying to push and that like uh, Ron DeSantis is like still harping on is like this idea of like woke banks and that like DEI initiatives are the reason that like the financial industry is not doing well. And it's like, well, actually, companies that hire women do literally better. <laughs> so, um, and these and are, again, the if thing. anyone these has a the woke bank, women. yeah. <laughs> if anyone has a woke bank that I could sign up for, I would love to get involved with a woke bank. <laughs> um, I don't think my bank but, is yeah. that woke. No, no, yeah. I, yeah, I don't think that my bank is woke at all. Are like, I think banks are sort of inherently not. Well, they woke. all do like They're whatever, like ESG or whatever, like you know. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Figure it out. That is our show for today. Erin, thank you so much for joining us. What a treat. Uh, where can people listen to you more? Well, so we have uh, Hysteria, which drops every Thursday morning. Um, we have like video and a YouTube channel that goes with that also. And then just enjoy it while you can is my newsletter. It's about like parenting. And sometimes I talk about my life outside of parenting. Um, so people can check me out there too. And then sometimes I write for the Daily Beast. I write, write political oh, awesome. stuff for the Daily Beast sometimes. Love the Daily Beast. And I'm not a parent, but I read all of your newsletters. I find oh. them very like, I love them because you're very like, they're still, I don't mean this in a bad way, but like they're, they're about motherhood, but they're more about life. Like I, I just, I love the way that you've sort of like approached that transition in your kind of like professional writing. You're doing an oh, amazing job and it's thank like you so, so fun much. to read. Yeah. I was on the fence until I was like 35 years old. And so I know what it's yeah. like on both sides of it. And so I right. try to write so it's accessible to everybody and I'm glad it's accessible to you. 
Yeah. Yeah. They're amazing. They're definitely amazing. love the motherhood, non-motherhood. It's just perfect. <laughs> that is our show. Thank you so much for listening. Until the end of democracy, this is the Betches Up Podcast. Bye. The Betches Up Podcast is produced by Amanda Duerman, Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales-Pico, and Rebecca Sousmacat. Editing by Rebecca Sousmacat. Social media by Amanda Duberman and Bridget Swartz. Be sure to follow at Betches underscore sup on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send us your emails at suppod at betches.com. Betches.